Listener Production. Why did the Aussie market put an end to three days of gains? And what impact did today's retail sales figures have on the share market? Good afternoon. It's Friday, the 28th of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Well, Craig, you're back again. We're virtual today. You're not in the potty room. Yes, it's good to try different things. (laughs) It's a little bit of a different dynamic having your face up there on the screen and not right next to me. (laughs) Well, hopefully I can make some sense, even better (laughs) sense where I am here rather than what I usually make. (laughs) Further away from me might help actually. (laughs) Certainly not. Certainly not the case. (laughs) And we have Stevie off, which means we put an end to the winning streak. I think he took the wins with him, but I just want us to give him a little shout out. It is his birthday today. Ah, So happy birthday, Stevie. Happy birthday, Steve. So to all of our listeners, if you want to slide into his DMs with a lovely birthday message, I think that will be much appreciated. Mm -hmm. So very sad to report, we did see a decline of 54 points, a 0.7 of 1% to 7,404 points today. And if we just cast our eyes back to yesterday, we did hit a five and a half month high We were around 2% away from record all-time highs. Today, we've reversed that. We're about 3% away from all-time highs. But in good news, the market did end in positive territory over the week. And with one trading day to go for the month, we're up 2.8% in July. So we've always got to find that silver lining there. But there were a few reasons for the declines in our market today. We'll start with Retail sales, what did we see in those figures today, Craig? Well, what we saw is a fall of 0.8% in in the month of uh, June. Economists were looking for um, a flat reading and they they got one which was much weaker than expected. Uh, That follows a gain of retail spending of 0.8% in the previous month. So we've still got retail spending up 2.3% over the year. But one factor we need to take into consideration is prices. Uh, if you've got prices rising 5 to 6% and you've only got 2.3% gain over the year, what we're seeing is people cutting back and department store sales fell around about 5%. So it was a, a weak reading for a number of analysts. It changed their call in terms of interest rates. They said, well, we've got inflation moving in the right direction. Uh, we've got weakness happening in retail trade. Perhaps the Reserve Bank will stay on the interest rate sidelines. We did also have um, figures of business inflation, the purchasing uh, price index. Uh, that was up by 0.5% in the June quarter and 3.9% over the year. So that's coming down. The expectation is it'll continue to come down, particularly as more homes get built. So we did have both those uh, figures. A bit of softness in terms of the economy. As I say, it has an impact in terms of the, the interest rate outlook. Yeah, that's exactly right. And just touching on those retail sales figures. So that did push retail stocks lower today. So we had the likes of JB Hi-Fi, Maya and LaVissa. They were all down on that much softer than expected reading. I mean, it wasn't really news, but it's expecting to get a flat result and then getting a decline of 0.8 of 1% was, was pretty different. So we did see those retailers take a hit. Just while we're on it, we'll talk about the other sectors today. We actually had all sectors falling except for the utilities sector, which rose just marginally. The energy sector ended flat. Miners and property stocks were the hardest hit today, though. But what we did see was another development at around 1.30 today, 1.28 to be exact. And that was a development from the Japanese central bank making policy changes that could have wider impacts. 
Yes, the Bank of Japan it maintained its interest rate target. It's the interest rate target is minus zero point one percent, so it's a minus interest rate. So they maintain that target, uh, and the ten year target they maintain at zero. Now the the thing that they focused on was this yield curve control. In the past, they basically had rigid limits so that the ten year rate couldn't go any higher than a half of one percent. They've said that they're going to operate with more flexibility. In terms of interest rates, and they will allow the the ten year rate to to rise above zero point five percent. Now the expectation is that if you've got higher interest rates at home, then the the, the Japanese can you know, invest in their own market rather than invest abroad. So certainly there has been a change in terms of policy, and that, that is something that's been factored into it. Uh, if if anything, you know, so that we saw a positive um, move in our market towards the end of trade. It is quite interesting. We gained something like forty five points in the last ninety minutes of trade. So we've taken on this news of the Bank of Japan, the increased flexibility in terms of interest rates, in a very positive sense. Yeah, I'm very glad we didn't finish at those session lows there because it was looking pretty bad for a little bit of the afternoon. We'll look at some of the main drivers for the week. Of course, there was a lot going on this week, as there is every week, but I feel like this week was a little bit more monumentous than some of the other weeks. So looking from the beginning of the week, we had updates in China. So China's leaders pledging to step up policy support. We had inflation data coming out locally, which came out softer than expected. We had plenty of US earnings as well, especially from some of the biggest players We saw the Dow Jones have its longest winning streak in about 36 years. We had interest rate decisions from the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan. If that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is. All of that jam-packed into just one week. So we definitely did see some movements and, and fluctuations in our share market this week. But as I mentioned at the outset, the good news is we finished in positive territory. So that's all that matters to me anyway. Yeah, I don't think you left anything out over the week. There was everything but the kitchen sink thrown us this week and <laughs> the fact that we've been managing to get through this week, you know, sort of relative positive sense, as you say, you know, so we gained over the week by 1.2% uh, is a very positive uh, development. And looking at sector performance, we actually had all of the sectors managing to lift this week by at least half a percent. So the one that gained the least was healthcare was up half a percent, but the biggest gainer of the week were energy stocks up three and a half percent. And I think that's back on the back of higher oil prices for, for most of the week anyway. Yeah, not a positive development, the fact that the oil price is moving higher because that means gasoline prices or petrol prices are likely to rise. And we had been relying on lower petrol prices, lower gasoline prices to be pushing down the, the rate of inflation. But, you know, sort of what we've seen is the, the prices rising rather than falling. Um, it is quite interesting if you look across the size categories, the, the mid-cap stocks, the mid-tier type stocks are up in the order of 2%, but the smaller stocks, were the small ordinaries, was only up by half of 1% over the week. But as we're saying, yeah, energy drove the, the gains. Telecom was up there. Technology was up there. Gains around about 3% over the week. If we look at individual stocks today, there definitely wasn't as much as yesterday. Yesterday, there was way too much to digest. We had to pick the most important ones. Today, there's less options, but we picked out the most exciting ones. So SiteMinder, that was absolutely the standout on the all odds. Its share price rose 21.5% after the company came out with trading and guidance update. 
saying revenue is expected to jump 30% due to a boost in bookings. Its annualized recurring revenue increased by 33.5%. The company also set expectations to be profitable in the new financial year. So we saw its share price actually hitting its highest levels for the month during today's session. Well, let's turn to Liontown Resources, one of the key lithium stocks. And it said today in terms of its uh, quarterly update that medium to longer term outlook for lithium continues to to be attractive. What they've said is robust demand from customers uh, is certainly driving, yes, the demand for lithium around the world. And they say Australian lithium has got some uh, key benefits at the moment. Some of the geopolitical pressures and risks in other parts of the world makes Australian lithium more attractive. They've also said their Kathleen Valley project is on track for the first production in mid-24. Liontown Resources, it was down though by 1.4% today. We also had some updates from other miners. One of them was Champion Iron. Yes, we heard from Champion Iron. Uh, Unfortunately, its share price went backwards as well today, down by 2.7%, despite the fact that uh, it came out with some very positive news. Record production, 3.4 million wet metric tonnes of its 66.1% iron ore concentrate uh, was produced in in the fourth quarter. That's 10% up on the quarter, 49% up on the year. And quarterly sales of the concentrate was 26 million uh, dry tonnes um, over the year, that's 27% gain over the year. So it sounded very, very positive, but the market you know, sort of sold down Champion Iron by, as I say, 2.7%. I mean, we've really seen the focus be on resource stocks in the past week mostly because they've all been coming out with quarterly updates. So another one that caught my eye today was Capricorn Metals. It was another weight in the mining space after the price of gold fell, but also, of course, it released a disappointing quarterly update. Its quarterly performance met guidance, but it was only in the mid-range, which I don't think had investors jumping out of their seat, and they likely weren't too pleased with its outlook either for the next financial year. It said it expects flat inflation and higher costs. Looking ahead to tonight, of course, we have a very exciting piece of economic data coming out of the US tonight, US personal income and spending data, which includes Ryan's favourite measure, the PCE deflator, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. Yes, the core private consumption expenditure deflator, the core PCE. I, I think everyone's going to be waiting up at 10.30, you know, sort of Sydney time tonight, watching that when the, the figures drop. If we get a 0.2% reading as we're we're expecting or as economists are expecting for the latest month, that will bring the annual rate down from 4.3% to 4.2%. Now, that doesn't sound great. You know, so it sounds a very modest outcome. But 0.2%, if you multiply that by 12 months, if we can continue to get 0.2%, 2.4% for the year, and that's the where the, the central bank wants it, the Federal Reserve. But um, as you mentioned, Income and spending figures will be coming out as as well as the employment cost index and a measure of consumer confidence. Looking at next week, there's definitely a lot of things coming up. We won't go through all of it. We'll only go through the highlights. So, of course, the spotlight will be on the interest rate decision happening locally on Tuesday. We've been harping on about this for quite some time. We've been waiting for all the data to come in. We've now reached the end of that. So that'll happen on Tuesday at 2.30 p.m., So looking at Bloomberg, where the markets are expecting 11% chance of a small rate hike, but our view here at CBA is that we're going to get one final rate hike next month. 
Yeah, we believe that uh, the Reserve Bank will take out a bit of insurance in terms of the inflation outlook and they'll decide to, to lift rates by another quarter or 1%. Then they'll move to the sidelines. Uh, hopefully that we'll see over the remainder of the year inflation coming down, the supply moving back in line with demand. The only thing that works in economics, supply and demand determining price, get demand for, for goods and services coming down, matching supply, and you'll get some of the price pressures so you're coming down. Uh, but as you say, yes, it's very much divided as to uh, whether the Reserve Bank uh, hikes interest rates on Tuesday you know, sort of or not, um, very much a, a line ball call. But um, what we also have is the Reserve Bank's uh, statement of monetary policy that's coming out, out on Friday. That will also be keenly watched because it'll have the latest forecasts from the, the Reserve Bank on you know, all measures, economic growth, inflation, you name it. We'll also have Australian reporting season starting so you can find an excellent preview of the reporting season on the Comsec website that was filmed by our beloved Stephen Daglian. So make sure you jump onto the website to find that on the website as well. You can also find the reporting season calendar to find out what companies are reporting. So if you hold shares in any of those particular companies, make sure you're up to date with that. And of course, this is important because we can see movements in our share market based on the back of those earnings results for the full year. Over in the US, reporting season will continue. Obviously, it won't be as hyped up as it has been, but we have plenty of companies reporting. We have the likes of Uber, Pinterest, Etsy, Pfizer, Moderna, Amazon, Starbucks, PayPal, plenty more. Those are some of the big ones. I think the biggest one, well, by the by definition of numbers, Apple is definitely the biggest one because it's the biggest company on the US market. That one will be reporting next Thursday. There again, we'll have a reel on our Instagram if you guys want to find out what comes out of those earnings. And then the spotlight will be on US jobs figures coming out at the tail end of next week. Yes, the US non-farm payroll figures are certainly very, very important. It's probably the key statistic that the US analysts wait for, analysts around the world wait for you know, every, every month. Uh, gain of employment, yes, yeah, so perhaps around about 180,000. Employment still rising. They've still got an unemployment reading somewhere around about 3.5, 3.6%, like we have here in Australia, like they have in the United Kingdom as well. And those strong job markets uh, are basically supporting economies at a time when what we're trying to get, you know, inflation down. But uh, yeah, it is a big week. We've got purchasing managers indexes that will be released across the world as well. They're very timely measures about what's happening in terms of the economy. Plenty to keep us busy next week as per usual. And of course, everything that's happening in markets is really revolving around the interest rate discussion. So we're trying to see what economic data comes out to drive the next interest rate decisions, hoping that we're coming to the end of that hiking cycle. So all eyes will be on the upcoming data as it comes out. Yeah, you wouldn't be dead for quids, would you? Yes, at the moment, yes, there's just so much yes, good economic information coming through. Absolutely. On that note, Craig, I think that about wraps it up for today's potty. It's been a pleasure doing this virtually with you. It's a shame you're not here in the office, but I'm glad you can knock off early now. Well, thank you very much. I'll go out and enjoy my weekend. I hope everyone else enjoys their weekend. Have a lovely weekend, everyone, and we'll catch you back here on Monday morning. Bye-bye.
This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.